Hello and welcome to Romance at a Glance. I am your host, Shani, and with me is my beautiful, lovely, vivacious, and she has the most smoking ass legs, co-host, Bridge Nasty. How you doing, Bridget? Shani, you're in my house. I'm doing so good. How could I be doing badly? I, I'm doing phenomenal right now. I'm like trying not to be stupid giddy. I'm like, just do the podcast. We're going to keep chatting later and it's going to it's gonna be fine. And you you can come back again because part of me is like, I don't want to leave. If I leave, she might disappear. The house might disappear. <laughs> hey, that's what you did to me. You're like, I'm going to leave for a few weeks and then you disappear for seven months. <laughs> oh, my bad. I was the one who disappeared. For real, though, Shawnee came over at 830. It's now 11. And we we're like, oh, yeah, let's just talk for like 20 minutes before we start. And... Um, we also talked. We also talked three hours on the phone two nights ago, and yeah. it's fine. We're not super excited to be here or anything. It's, no, no, it's we're not obsessed with each other now. We're not no. obsessed. No. Not obsessed. <laughs> not even a little bit. Not even a little. I am so pleased that you're here. I'm pleased that I rearranged the office before you came because we got a new configuration going, you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like facing the window, so I'm feeling very happy. I have the sun shining on my face while I work, and now Shani has like this little nook next to her. I like. And it. I made her some shelf space for her things. And I'm just feeling like it's working quite well. I'm liking the energy of this new setup. Me too. I'm liking the feng shui. There's the also shui. like a, a little baby tortoise. Well, yeah, we got a little tortoise. My husband got yeah. a tortoise and we built this cool table. And there's like little plants, like live plants yeah. in there. So I feel like it's good for like the feng shui of it all. Yes, we have some plants. We got some succulents. We got some some flowering plants. I don't even know what's in there. There's like five or six plants in there. The tortoise eats them. It's very yeah. exciting. So. Which I learned today that tortoises like at night, they bury themselves in the dirt. Yeah. yeah like I did not know he didn't want to hear our nasty talk. No. He's like, I'm a baby. I'm a baby I'm tortoise. a baby tortoise. I want to hear your nasty talk. You nasty, you nasty. You nasty. <laughs> you guys, speaking of nasty, uh, I was just telling Shawnee because she has not really looked at the book list for season five. And I was just telling her all about the books that we're doing. And for those of you who are not aware, hi, hello, I'm Bridget. And Shawnee had a real tough uh, time getting back from Florida. It's been quite the summer. Yes. There was a hurricane that blocked her path. Obviously, COVID has been canceling flights left and right. And so it took her a very long time. She was very stressed. Six months. Yeah, it took six months. It but was I supposed mean, to be two weeks. <laughs> it was supposed to be two weeks, and it took seven months almost. Yeah. And... So I decided to gift her. She did me right in historicals. I'm enjoying myself quite a bit, even though it's not my genre. And so I decided to gift her with season five. So mm-hmm. I found the steamiest mm. books that I could for our holiday mashup. She knows me so well. So we are doing some paranormals for Halloween, getting into those Navy SEALs, those Ooh. country boys. Then we're going into small towns, you know, got mm-hmm. a Thanksgiving vibe, small towns. And then we're going to round out with some uh, smutty, smutty Christmas romances. And... I'm just very excited. She's very excited. The steam level on this podcast about to go through the roof. You're like Santa. I'm like, ooh, smut for Christmas. <laughs> I am like Santa. <laughs> smutty Santa. I could be a smutty Santa. You could definitely be a smutty Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be an equal opportunity lover, Shani, and I was smutty Santa. But <laughs> these days, it'll just be in my book recommendations. <laughs> oh, I don't want these, those days to end. I want those days but, but I'd be tired. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, wait. I'd be tired. You're polyamorous, so you technically could think about getting another partner I if could. that made sense and yes. if they fit into your life. Which you're absolutely correct. So, like, the window is open for you. Like, the possi- it's not like even, like, you're going to snatch the possibilities, but the possibility is there. Yes. But, like, I definitely find that having two partners is, enough. is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of people's emotions. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my husband about you and your partners. And we were talking, my mom was there too. 
So we're talking and my mom was like, yeah, but I don't really understand. And I was like explaining like why it wasn't cheating. Cause like everyone is obviously like consensual. Everyone's aware yeah. communication is very important. And she's like, yeah, but like what if one person wanted you to go to some event? And I was like, well, then they would state their needs and then you would let them know whether you could make that event or not. Not related to the other partner, but just like in general. Like, yeah. I was like the same way you would with any boyfriend or girlfriend. You would say, hey, I have this work thing coming up on Saturday the 5th. Like, I want you to be there. And then you would work through that. Yeah. And she did not get it. <laughs> and I was talking to my husband and I was like, I was like, yeah, it can be like a lot of emotions because you have to like manage obviously your emotions and you have to be respectful of like your current partner and whoever would be your second partner. And he was just like, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It's like, I knew you were going to be like, there's no fucking way I would want to like have another. He's like, I want to have more me time. Like we have our kids. Like I'm already like, where can I get more time? Like to do things I want to do. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to add another person that needs my time and my energy and stuff to the situation. He's like, I feel like you'd like it though. I was another person to fuck all the time. And I was like, I probably would. I probably would. You're not wrong. I know. <laughs> I can definitely like hear Leo in my mind though. He's like, look, I'm trying to do the least. <laughs> You're trying to do the most. I'm trying to do the least. That's basically what he said. And my mom was like, yeah, but like, what if people have children? And I was like, well, you could choose whether or not to introduce them. And yeah. I was like, and if you do, I was like, kids are so adaptable. Yeah. You would just explain who it is and they'd be like, okay. Like, I was like, kids have no problem growing up with two moms or two dads or like they don't care yeah if you just like this are both your mom they're like okay cool and like it's, it's all immediately again, fine it's only weird if you it's make a, it yeah, weird exactly. it's all data you know exactly. <laughs> so i i was uh i was laughing about that because it was a pretty funny conversation yo man i remember just always saying like you know what when i get older i'm gonna have three like i'm gonna have three partners and i remember my cousin before i was uh poly or like you know whatever out or Actually, I wasn't even out yet. I, I was just thinking about it and researching. But I talked to her, and she's always been the more forward one in our family, doing all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. alternative lifestyles. That's what she was like, Shawnee, you don't need three. Trust me. <laughs> she said, she told me to get uh, two boyfriends, and one of which had his own boyfriend. Whatever. Okay. So somebody who was like bisexual sure. or whatever, and they had a boyfriend. And then she's like, and sometimes that third one comes into play. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what she told me. And I was like, she's so damn smart. Like <laughs> That is smart. Because then you don't have to do any of the emotional work. You yeah. just get a little sexy benefit. Mm-hmm. And it's better when your partner has a partner, too, if you don't have the capacity to really, like, be there right. to fulfill, you know, multiple right. needs and that sort of thing. If you don't right. have that much time, like... And that's what I find is that I'm already trying to find time for myself. Mm-hmm. So managing, you know, both partners. And then if you have one partner who needs more emotionally than the other, mm-hmm. it starts to become unbalanced and trying sure. to balance that is definitely different. Um, the way my poly came about was so unexpected right? that like it was a lot of, even though I was prepared for poly because I'd done a lot of research and book reading, there was a lot of kind of catch up later. Like starting poly one way and then realizing, oh, that's not going to work. Okay, let's tweak it to this. Going to poly support groups, seeing other people's disasters and being (laughs) like, okay, well, we're not going to do that. Let's switch to this. I think the best thing we ever did and everybody should do is go to support group because and you can find support groups for anything and I advocate for going to support groups for anything. You bump your toe, go to a support group for it. Like 
because you do really get the help that you need and you just always leave feeling better because somebody's life is such a more shit show than yours. You know, and you walk out of there. And I remember the first time that my partner and I walked out of a poly support group together and he was like, yo, we have it really good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fool. I did a lot of work to make this good. You, yeah. you didn't see it until you saw a comparison sure. for what a shit show could look like sure. um, or whatever. So I just recommend it in general. Go to support group. I go to a kink support group. I go to a poly support group. I go to a sub a submissive support group. All of the all of the above. They're all on Zoom, so I love it. So funny. <laughs> love I don't go to any support groups. I probably should, though. There's got to be a support group. You need support for something. You got. I need support for a lot of things, Jenny. <laughs> I need support for a lot of things. But then you find other people like you, and it just becomes so much, so nice to commiserate. And, oh, for sure. You know, and have something in common and be like, oh, I'm not alone out here. I'm not the only one having these problems. I'm not the only one whose partner filled up their entire calendar with their name so that they could have more time with you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like I feel like uh, the only way I could do it, because obviously the children and whatnot, yeah. would be to have someone who only wanted to be a secondary partner, but yeah. like had no interest in being your primary partner and no interest in like even having, like they only wanted to see you like a weekend a month. Yeah. Because they had other things going on or mm-hmm. what, I don't care what the reasoning, but like I could not do it if anyone needed more from me than... I mean, I like text you, I guess, but like, you know, one week a month, we get to have but, our steamy time. But that exists because like, if I'm you, sure. because when I was like, there was a certain You know point. what I think is funny? Let me, I'm sorry oh, to sorry, interrupt ahead, you, except ahead. for I'm not sorry because you're Tell in the room with me and that's so exciting. I just want to laugh about how this is a Maya Banks book and I thought it was going to be way steamier than it is. We're doing Never Seduce a Scott today and I... Think it's hilarious that we're talking about having like little steamy side pieces because this book was so not steamy. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, but continue. Sorry. But she definitely does write some real steamy. I know. Shit. I, the, I was looking through her catalog because I was like, I know I've read some of her books. And then I found a couple and I was like, oh yeah, I totally read this. And it's all about like doms and subs yeah. and like it's kinky as fuck. And I know it's it's interesting that she didn't is. write under like a different name because I feel like in the past people would have had to write in a different name if they were going to have such a drastic shift in like authorship yeah. but um, but no the thing I was going to say is like there was a couple years ago where I was like you know what I'm going to find me a sugar daddy yeah. right and I was like if I'm going to be with somebody anyway yeah. like there's, I can't be with somebody without a connection so I'll never be with somebody just for the money but if I want to be with them anyway it would be nice if they had some money and I remember going like on these like sugar daddy sites and stuff. And I realized that there's so many, there were so many men. Um, and I say men because I just wasn't on the woman side of it. But there were so many men who traveled so incessantly for work um, or were high powered CEOs or whatever. And they did not ha- have the time to cultivate a girlfriend. Yep. They only had one weekend a month or one weekend every three months. And that's all that they wanted. Yeah, they just wanted, like, someone that they knew was going to be there. They didn't have to go find someone. They have to pick someone up. Yep. They just, like, had someone they knew that they liked, that they knew was, like, disease-free and who was, like, into the same stuff they yeah. were. And I think that would be Makes such sense. a great, like, setup because it's, like, you know that on the day-to-day I have a regular-ass life. I'm not, you know, I don't have some high-risk lifestyle yep. or whatever. And you're working and whenever you're ready, like we have, you know, a two day weekend, we get a nice hotel. It's really nice. We get some good meals and things like that. A little bit, a little bang, bang, 
A little choking, a little, a little poke poke. You know, poke a little poke, poke. You know, what are you going to What are you going to do? Why are you, you know, whatever, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and then on Monday, we you part ways until the next, you know, until time. you call me two months later. Exactly. You know, and that really exists. And I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't until I was in the poly support group that I realized how many different setups people had. Like, one guy has a girlfriend that he sees twice a year. Like, yeah. they talk on the phone. He says we talk on the phone like two to three times a month. And twice a year he goes to see her. They have a little bang fest for like a weekend mm-hmm. and that's it. She has another like primary partner, you know, in New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's bang kind of- fest 2020. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like sometimes that's all you need. You're having yeah. sex with the same, the same person for a long time. You don't necessarily want to cleanse leave the them. palate. Yeah, the palate. You just that's all you're doing. You're just getting a little sip of something over here, but then you go back to your steady meal. You that's know, your so steak and funny. potatoes. Like I don't know. I'm just. You know, saying. I have a deep fear of getting pregnant again, so it would be very <laughs> hard for someone to convince me, unless they had a vasectomy, to have sex with them. Even with a condom, I'd be like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you <laughs> not with, worth the risk. With your fertility track record, <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, don't even look at me sideways. <laughs> you can kiss me with all of our clothes on and that's it. <laughs> I just, I love every time, like, when I when we're talking, when I realize, like, how vastly opposite you and I are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, in so many... About everything, About basically. everything. <laughs> Except for our friendship. Except for our friendship. Like, the friendship, I think, is hilarious. We have so much to talk about because everything is like, you did what? Well, I did this other thing. Yeah. You know, and you were raised like this, and I didn't even... Like, yeah. you know, and I think that's really funny because it's like, you know, you're very fertile, and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of loose with it. <laughs> I mean, Shawnee, I, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes. You guys, if I was Shawnee, I would have... 50 illegitimate children <laughs> running around because she is not careful at all. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I just, she literally said, I used the pull-out method. And I'm like, it's not a method. <laughs> it's not a method. You guys, if I used the pull-out method, I would have gotten pregnant you immediately. Been, you would have been so pregnant. You would have had, you would have had a, what do you call them, Irish twins? I got to have Irish twins. I actually wanted to have Irish twins, but I had a C-section. They told me that I shouldn't have kids that close together. They said I shouldn't wait longer. That's why we waited um, 22 months. Because they said, they said technically you should wait two years. But um, when I was looking on the forums and stuff, and a whole bunch of people were like, after a year, it doesn't matter. Like, your body's fine. You can have a baby. So. Yeah. Or grow it, I guess, is the big thing. So You can make it. <laughs> yeah, you can make it anytime. But, um, but yeah, I wanted to have, I actually wanted to have twin twins. Because yeah. I was like, Two babies for the price of one pregnancy sounded yeah. great. Even though I know it's a harder pregnancy, but it's only one. Yeah. And then you have two babies done. I was I was only planning to have two children, so I was like, I was like, right now I could have two three year olds instead of a one year old and a three year old. Yeah. We'd be in fucking la la land. <laughs> We'd be great. I mean, I feel like a one year old and a three year old. I feel great like too. once you're doing the work for one, you might as well be doing the work for two. Like it's. I agree. You're already at home. You're yeah. already changing diapers. You're already you knew you know the first like eighteen months is gonna be worse than one child eighteen yeah. months. But once they can start playing together, well, I gravy by two, you just sit, they just hang out and color together. There's this like there's this like group of moms on the like on the low who have. All I hope there's a twin mom on here listening. Hi, if you are, who's like, bitch, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> it's harder for the first five years. <laughs> Fuck you. you don't know twin pregnancy sucks. I hope that's what she says to me. But like, there's like this group of moms that all had twins, and they're finding out that they all did this like like an extreme thing mm-hmm. before they knew they were pregnant. So they what? all went on roller coasters 
Or oh, like, so testosterone. Like, yeah, something. Oh. I don't know. I'm like, cool. is it the centrifugal force? Like, <laughs> or the inertia? I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's the, um, the adrenaline, adrenaline, maybe? Makes the egg split. Like, I have no idea. But they're finding this commonality between them that they all... God damn it, Johnny. Why did I didn't know that ahead of time? It could have been <laughs> just... Okay, Magic let's, let's fuck real quick and then let's go on this roller coaster and then we'll fuck again and we'll go back on the roller coaster and then we'll fuck one more time and then we'll go back on this roller coaster. You're like, Johnny, we're going to go to Magic Mountain for this whole week. Yeah. This whole week. We're going to ride this horse down a beach. Now we're going to have sex again. <laughs> so anyway, I just... So I, funny. I, all I'm saying is like, twin sounds good to me because I like, if I have... One pregnant. I'm only having one pregnancy. Yeah, like I, if I the, if the universe so gets me, the universe gets me. Then Jesus. I'm having to tie the tubes and and tie the vasectomies and all the all every tube's getting tied. Everyone's, yeah, you know, and, and that's it. I'm having one pregnancy. I don't care. Do they need a sibling? I don't care. I don't care if they have a sibling or not. They can hang out my kids, and I can adopt one. I'll yeah. be like. For sure, I'm dropping that little fool off at your house. I'm like, you're going to Auntie Bridges. Oh, yeah. I'll be back in five days. <laughs> back in ten years. When you're cool again. Bridget, raise them and teach them about being black. <laughs> <laughs> I teach your kids about being black, Johnny. I'll buy all the books. And make sure their hair is done, please. Dear God. Just, I could do the hair. Just braid it up. I could do the hair. I'm actually very good at braiding. I'm not, actually. I'm, I'm very good at braiding. I'm literally going to be that, like, that black mom whose kid looks like they have a white mom. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about. I actually think it's a really upsetting to me because, like, for instance, my daughter has eczema. So yeah. I found out which lotion is right for eczema and put it on her skin. She has hair just like mine, pin yeah. straight. But if her hair did anything that wasn't that, I would figure out what I needed to put in it to comb it or what I needed to do to like I think it's so ridiculous to adopt a child who has different hair than yours and not Google because it's not like back in the day where they keep like first of all the products weren't available outside of certain neighborhoods so you might go into your grocery store and you're trying to figure out like, or your drugstore and be like, I just can't find anything that'll work. Yeah. Okay, that, back in the day, maybe. Still not great, but maybe. Yeah. But now you have the internet on your phone, on your computer, at the library, wherever you need to get it. Yeah. And you can go in any grocery store or drugstore and get at least one product. Yeah. There might not be a selection. <laughs> But you can get you at least Amazon. one. You can yeah. Amazon it. Yeah. <laughs> Go on Target.com, get whatever you want. Like, I think it's insane. Well, it's funny because, like, I follow a lot of adoption. Even, like, lotioning. Um, yeah. If, well, you're a white parent with, if you're a white parent with ashy children who are black or brown of some kind, that's rude. <laughs> it's insane. Like, <laughs> the kids have different skin needs. Like, you need, like... That, to me, that to me is like you need to like look at your kid and figure out your kids. Like my one daughter, tons of butt rash, <laughs> tons <laughs> of butt rash, and it was a real. We had to go to the doctor. Yeah. Like we had to try a bunch of different kinds of, and finally she had to get like a fucking prescribed extra strength thing because she just like yeah. didn't matter what we if we like did no fruit didn't like we tried a bunch of different combinations. Yeah, it just, she has a sensitive little booty yeah she got a sensitive behind my sister just had to change all we had we started we started it we tried it it wasn't that we tried it wasn't the diaper it was the actual her pee or poo 
And no matter how fast we, the second it hit her butt, butt turned red. <laughs> and so we, so we had to potty train her earlier. Yeah. And get this like, you know, fucking intense ass butt cream. Our <laughs> other daughter. No problem. No problems. Thank God. No problems. Nice. Just perfect skin. The, the one, she's got eczema, she's got all kinds of skin things, but the other one, perfectly fine. It's funny because, like, I, I follow a lot of adoption websites, uh, like, um, on Instagram, right? A, a lot of families. Yeah. And now with adoption, they've gotten really good about making sure that the family As is committed to um, to helping that child with whatever culture that yeah. they are. Um, so they, that's part of your home study. Do you know how to do this child's hair? Are you, sure. are you studying this? That's all part of it. But I find that it's actually when you just generally fall in love with somebody of a different ethnicity or whatever, right. you have a kid, you're just, you just fell in love with somebody, but you didn't, you weren't thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a child sure. that has different hair than I do or different needs than I do. And those are the kids I generally find are have the wildy hair. <laughs> yeah, but what is their other parent doing or their like in-laws? Because you would think they would say, like, hey, like, FYI, not in a mean way, but, like, FYI, like, here's, I bought you a pick and I bought you this oil so that you can. <laughs> I bought you this pick. <laughs> yeah. And this oil so that you can use it on their hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew a lot of people who were single parents. Okay, right? well, that, I, I guess that's, that's, that's and different. like, I had, a, I had a bunch of friends. But uh, even so, you think you would look at other little black children and be yeah. like, well, my, well, why does my kid's hair look so different than that? And then go over there and be like, hey, how come your kid's hair looks so different than mine? <laughs> well, like we used to have kids that would come to our house. They were part of the foster program at our church. And my mom would do their hair mm-hmm. because their foster parent was not of the same ethnicity and so didn't have any freaking clue. Right. And I do think that there's way more on the internet now. Sure. To, oh, to, yeah. To learn. Sure. And way more products. And the funniest thing is there there are tons of like um, like black owned products and stuff that are really great for black hair. And my sister was doing her daughter's hair and her dad is Nigerian. Her, she has the thickest curls mm-hmm. of all time. And she's putting all these crazy products. And I say to her, I was like, look man, I just go get the regular ass Pantene. I know we got like, you know, on somebody's curl, whatever this, that. The, the one thing that works for me is Pantene. I can comb through my hair slick as can be mm-hmm. in the shower, no cry, no tears, nothing, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I know, like, I'm not. I won't say I'm a hair guru. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not. <laughs> All I do really is, wa- uh, is condition my hair. I don't really wash it. Uh, I like wash it with the conditioner, comb it through, get out of the shower, pick it out, and leave it that way for two weeks. <laughs> You guys, I am going to, on IGTV, on our Instagram, you will be able to see me buzzing the sides of Shawnee's hair oh, and yeah. cutting her hair. Thank God. Because she has not had a haircut since, like, January. Yeah. And uh, her normally very adorable little fro that she has with the sides buzzed and the top is... is My flat top fro is Your gone. flat top fro is gone, and it is now... <laughs> It's just large on all the sides. I look like my auntie right now. <laughs> Speaking of unkempt hair, Johnny's hair is what one might describe as unkempt. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely. And today especially. <laughs> this is Brendan gave me a head rub earlier, and this is the aftermath of one. <laughs> I'm also jealous, and again, pointing out the differences between you and I. You're like, I never wash my hair. If I don't wash my hair every day... Oh, yeah. I don't wash my hair every day because I'm too lazy to shower. But because of that, 
my hair is so oily on the second day. I wouldn't like even... so much oil from my scalp, Shani. Your hair I probably would like a little more oil from all, your scalp. I don't. Put, I could donate some. You could. First of all, I didn't believe you when you were like, I get so oily. And then I saw you in like day two or three, and yeah. I was like, Holy You're like, shit. is your hair wet? And I was like, no, it's like, this is just crazy. <laughs> and I make not one lick of oil in my skin. I am yeah. ashy every day of I my know. life. My hair is dry every day of yeah. my life. I did the Pantene is really nice, and sometimes I leave a tiny bit of it in. And that's all that I ever do. I don't even condition my hair every time. I condition my hair like once a week. Probably don't even have to. No, because if I know the problem is... Does your hair even get tangled? It is so bone straight. Like, it's... I'm like, part of me is like... I mean... No. I'm I'm (laughs) giving like little quotes. I mean, tangled. Technically, I brush my hair. (laughs) But I literally just go once through every direction and then I'm finished. Like, to me, I can only do it in the shower if I want the brush to go through it Mm -hmm. and have no tears (laughs) or whatever. And by week two, when it's time for wash day, like, there's a baby dread trying to come out. (laughs) (laughs) If I didn't shower for two weeks and wash my hair for two weeks, it would be disgusting. I can never make my hair into dreads. There's no way. I have too much. My hair's too oily. I had a friend in high school who, who had hair. She had curlier hair than me. She was white, but like she had drier, sort of like coarser hair than me. Yeah. She dreaded her hair, but she had to buzz her whole head because she couldn't. Her hair, it like it was disgusting. Yeah. And she had to constantly put like um, I don't know if it was like wax or something in there. I don't know, but it wasn't like like weren't like cute little twists. Yeah. Like when you see someone who has like oh healthy black hair and dreads, but like it's- it was not healthy at all yeah and it was disgusting and she had a buzzer head well she looked cute with buzz head you know what's funny to me is like you know different hairstyles and stuff are considered some people consider appropriation or that this or that and for me i don't consider any i think anybody can have any hairstyle yeah like do what you want with your body that makes you feel good yeah um don't rename it don't try to name it and be like oh i just invented these new boxer braids and fucking cornrows and shit and whatever Um, But the one thing I always think is like, uh, I remember this girl, she was a 14 year old white girl. She was a friend of a friend. And we were we were asking her race questions because we were going to do a panel on race. Yeah. And so we're just like, what do you do at school? What's this? And whatever. And she said something like, oh, I can't I can't wear cornrows. I'm not allowed to because I'm white. And I was like, I don't like I mean, I was like, like who? Like, like what? For me, I I was just kind of like, what? It's just it's a hairstyle no matter what. Yeah. and uh, and she's like, yeah, yeah, because it's appropriation and this and that. And my mind, my, in my mind, I go like, I mean, you'll never look good with cornrows. <laughs> like, I've had them. I don't. You look can good wear with cornrows. cornrows if, like, for me, I'm like, you can wear them. My scalp's too white. You will not look good. Everybody's scalp. It, white people with cornrows, your scalp is white as hell. Yeah. And then you get the sunburn. Get burned. Yeah, I in, got burned. In the row. I was marks. like in seventh grade. Yeah, and I'm like. It just, it just dreads. It don't look Shani, good. Shani, my hair is so fine. <laughs> it just don't look good. I had cornrows for seven days. I got them when I was in Jamaica. South America. No, I was in South America. I was in an island okay. on the north side of Venezuela, which is very close to the Caribbean. Yeah. And my hair started breaking. Like, you could see it breaking out of the braids. Because my hair at the time was, like, pretty long. It was, like, I don't know, maybe to, like, the top of my boob if I had had boobs, which I did not. Um, and we had to cut like six inches off my hair because even after a week, my hair was br- completely broken. Cause it's not supposed to be in braids like that. No. However, I, I, it doesn't hold I mean, I like understand that. that people feel like it's appropriation. Yeah. 
But also sometimes I feel like I'm not trying to appropriate. Like, what if I just like, for instance, like Bantu knots? I yeah. saw people were really mad that Adele was wearing Bantu knots. Uh-huh. And I wear what one might describe as a Bantu knot almost all the time because I have bangs. And I so I always wear my little, my little, yeah, well, my little <laughs> two buns at, two the, top. Bonds at the top. Yeah. But it's not, I mean, I didn't even know Bantu knots were a thing. It's just like, yeah. it was a practical solution to yeah. my problem. See, and that's, I think that's where the disconnect comes for me. And it, for me, I define appropriation in taking something that exists, renaming it and repurposing it for yeah. your own ends or whatever. Or that's, using it because you know it's going to like, oh, I'm wearing Bantu knots on Instagram because I know it's going to get me more followers if I'm like, look at me, my cute Bantu knots, you yeah. know, sort of thing. You know, or like, um, I don't. I also don't believe in taking things that are religious symbols mm-hmm. for for cultures and using those just willy-nilly. Yeah. Now, if you've you've converted to that other random religion and whatever, that's sure. fine, um, you know? But again, I'm also not the police of the internet. No. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and keyboard warrior so, you. I, I, like, if you do it. Okay, you guys, this is the last thing we're gonna say before we wrap up this intro and get to the episode, <laughs> because as you can tell, we're so excited to be back together. But I have never in my life left a bad comment like that. Because I could give a fuck. If I look at something and I'm like, that's dumb, I just say out loud, that's dumb, and I move on. I don't don't ever write bad things like that. I mean, I'll give, obviously, I'm giving my opinion on these reviews, but I would never go on that author's Instagram and, like, write a bunch of bad shit or something. Like, I have, on YouTube videos, I never write negative comments. I just don't watch them again. We were reading this book, and... There were a shocking number of people who gave it one star because they just don't like Maya Banks's writing. Or they don't, and they're like, well, I've, this is the third book I've tried from her, and I just, you know, just still another one star. And I'm like, stop trying her books. Stop. What the <laughs> fuck? Back off from her. Like, there's a thousand amazing authors in every subgenre and genre of in the just the world. And yeah. why would you keep reading books you don't like? It makes. No sense to me, Shani. It makes no sense that these people are writing negative things. Like, you're taking your energy to spend your time to do that. Like, I only... If I'm on the internet and I see something I like, I'll be like, oh my god, I love that. I love what you're saying. I love your message. I love your skirt. I love whatever the fuck it is. I If I don't like it, I just unfollow them or I just it just keep scrolling. Yeah. What's the point? I, I don't see the Ru- point. Trying to it. ruin their day? <laughs> they don't care about my... They do care about my opinion. Probably hurt their feelings. They don't know me. The thing is, I give I give anything a two book read. So any like, author, yeah, any author, I give a two book read. Uh, if both those books suck balls, then, over it. Yeah, that's it. I Why? move on. Why would we do that? You know, I mean, I, on this podcast, I can tell you right now, I, we're not going to keep on reading the same authors that aren't working for us. Yeah. You know, and the ones I have. We're like, also never reading another closed door romance ever nah, on this no, podcast, you no, guys. No, 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 no. Even though I do love some closed door romances that give me like the feel, like they hit the feels hard, but we're still just not going to do it on the podcast. No. Because we just don't like it enough. We don't want to like, like that's something I could read on my own and do a review on my own, throw it on Patreon, throw it on Goodreads. But like, we're not going to do it on the podcast because like, have the fun for us to talk about all the sexy bits. Well, like, if I wanted to read closed door, I'd read YA. Like, yeah. And hands, some YA wrote, some YA is not closed door. So, I, did gets, a, I did read a few. It's spicy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like eighteen. Yeah, you know, but like, or they're like it's fantasy. So yeah. he licked her, and you're like, yeah, he did. He <laughs> licked her. Where do you lick her? How'd it go? Tell me more. Tell me more. It's so funny too because like some books I 
thought were so well written and they lost like so many of the points because it was yeah. closed door. And I don't, I honestly God don't think it's fair sometimes to have a closed door romance. Uh, hear me out. Because the whole way I'm getting their inner dialogue, I'm w- with them all the way. And then in this moment, Oh, now we're not. Now, now I'm not with talking. them. Now I'm not with I'm them. I'm like, but how do they respond to it? Because sex, and is, then they sex is the most intimate, like, vulnerable place you can be. Yeah. So, like, to get all the way there and then not to get to be with the characters while, like, oh, like, especially in historicals, obviously, I'm noticing, you know, every time the guy's about to go down on the woman, they've never heard of that. And they're like, whoa. Like, and then they're embarrassed and they don't know if that's what they're supposed to look like or what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And if we just skipped over that, you would miss out on so much of them evolving as like a woman and like coming into their own and feeling desirable. And yeah. and also the, the guy like feeling happy that she let him give her this pleasure and that he made her come and all this other stuff. Like, I want to be there for that. I don't close the there. door on me. <laughs> Leave me there. Take me with you. Take me with you. <laughs> but I came here to be in the door. I'm in the door. Let me in. You're like knocking. Like, no, no, close it. No, no. Next chapter. No. no, no. And like, to, this is to say that I absolutely love rom-coms, dance movies, mm-hmm. Hallmark movies, Christmas movies. And I'll love all that shit. Yeah. It doesn't even bother me that I, because I go in knowing Oh, I'm not going to get a kiss till 95% into this movie, in a Christmas movie. Or like, oh, I know in this rom-com, like, you know, we're just, I'm just not going to, I might get to see, you know, some of the making out, some of the thing, and then we're going to wake up the next day and we're going to like discover it. But it's okay, because I know, I know. That's the thing. You, if you know, I gotta know you set ahead. your expectations yeah. and that's, that's yeah. the key. And that's why I want some sort of legend in the inside of books that has like a little door and it'd be, it'd be closed. So that I know. (laughs) Little baby closed door. A little content warning. Yeah, a little trigger warning. A little like, I just want, I just want to know what's in a book before I read it so I can tell if I want to invest my my time. How cute would that be if on the back of a book there was like a little teeny door that was closer (laughs) open? (laughs) I love that idea. Okay, you guys, on that note, let's get this episode popping. Let's get it popping, Bridget. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance. At a glance. What'd you say now? Romance. At a glance. Go ahead, girl. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Never Seduce the Scott by Maya Banks, book one of the Montgomery's and Armstrong's. We got a historical romance, Highlander romance on mm-hmm. our hands. Shawnee, tell me about the cover. Oh, no. First, I forgot. Tell me about Audible. Tell me about the narrator. Tell me about oh, yeah. the audiobook. I'll keep it really quick. So, uh, Kirsten Potter. Mm-hmm. Did a really good job. She nailed it. She nailed it for me. She did a good job. She's a good narrator. Uh, I also suggest when you find a narrator that you like, you click on them when you go to Audible and then see what other books they've narrated. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way of like following and finding books that you never saw or found or or whatever. Um, But I would recommend her immensely. She did a good job. Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. you heard it here first, kids. If you like Audible books, get out there and listen. Yes. I, of course, read the book. I did not listen to it. Although I did recently listen to an an audiobook. And I laid in my bed in the dark with my eyes closed and listened to about an hour and a half before I went to bed. And it was very relaxing. And I enjoyed the narrator. You know, I'm very, very picky about Mm -hmm. the narrators. And I enjoyed the narrator. Still not as fun as reading the book, I don't think. But I really did 
enjoy the closed eyes, <laughs> the closed <laughs> eyes laying in my bed experience because I had like a very mild headache because I was in the sun too much. And uh, it was nice. I feel like sometimes it's a little ASMR. Like, mm. so when I can't sleep, I put on an audiobook and I put it just low enough that it's really difficult for me to hear the words that they're saying. Like I have to strain. And so it makes my brain really tired very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I, I fall asleep. Very That's fast. what I do when I like turn my Kindle to like really not very bright <laughs> and it's dark in my room. And then I start to get real tired real fast. It's great. So what did you think about the cover? Cause I, I was kind of down to clown, you know, I had the tartan in the background we had some flex naked muscles. She had a tight dress on and they had like their foreheads touching. And it was like a very emotional sort of moment. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. So do we have the same cover? It's I a don't purple. Know. Yeah, it's like and a purple, like a purple kilt in the kilt. Okay, yeah, yeah, we do. Okay, so um, I was about it. I mean, in general, I think there's only so much you can get from a cover. Yeah. Um, you know that there's a, a kilt. It's Highlanders. You know, it's there's Highlanders. Highlanders. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, I You don't get the fact that she's actually deaf. No. Um, at all. I kind I of. I don't know how you would. Well, I actually kind of thought it would have been better that she was looking at his mouth. Because oh, that, yeah. that's sexy. Yeah. And it's what she did the whole book. <laughs> that is what she did the whole She's very focused on him. Yes. So so in the position that they're in, like to me, it also could read that she was very obsessed with the low end of his voice. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's kind of leaning in with her ear to mm-hmm. him on the cover also works for me. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was a very pretty cover. Um, it was nice. Like, I have no complaints. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this book, you guys, in case. Actually, before I tell you about this book, Shawnee, did you know Mm. that the third book of this was supposed to come out like 2014? And there are like a hundred reviews. It's not out yet, but there's like a hundred reviews on Goodreads and they're all like, God damn it, this book was supposed to be out in 2014. Now it's 2015. Now it's 2035. Now it's 2017. (laughs) Now it's 2019. People are fucking pissed (laughs) about this book. They are so pissed about book three. If you guys are one of those people, please let us know on Instagram. People get aggressive. Like when you write fan fiction, I used to write fan fiction. If you didn't put out your chapter every month like you normally did, people would crucify you. I'm like, I mean, I think we're just going to be on time with our podcast every week. But I'm like, are people going to one day tell us, God damn it, Bridget, you're supposed to put it out at 5 a.m. It's 7 a.m. Where's my episode? <laughs> I'll be so excited, actually, if someone yells at me like that. I would, too. I would be thrilled. Every time we hit a milestone like that. Someone like- just live-tweeted our episode. Jen. Jen from Monogamish. Monogamish. Yes. And the Monogamish, the Monogamish podcast, that is. And she live-tweeted our episode last week, and it was hysterical if you guys are looking for a treat (laughs) uh go check out the thread i retweeted it so it's on our twitter and it was really funny because she was just responding to all the things that we were saying and doing (laughs) so So, jen if you're live tweeting hey girl and also (laughs) rb because this episode it's gonna be long as fuck we know you only do an hour and 50 minutes and i'm not sure we're gonna make that cap we'll see we'll see we'll see how my (laughs) editing skills Okay, let me tell you a little bit about the book. So, Evelyn Armstrong is a fiercely protected and loved member of a powerful clan, but outsiders consider her touched because she had a terrible accident that left her deaf, but she pretends that she is touched to escape marriage with an abuser, Ian McHugh. Unable to figure out how to end the deception and tell her family she's really just deaf, she continues it until the king forces a marriage between her and their sworn blood enemies, the Montgomerys. 
Graham has no desire for a wife, let alone a touched daughter of a sworn enemy that can never fulfill the duties of a wife and give him children, but he must follow the king or his whole clan will be slaughtered. He is surprised to find that his intended Evelyn is far from the descriptions and has intelligence showing through her eyes and beauty that tempts him. As she goes back to his keep and feels truly safe at McHugh, truly safe from McHugh, she stops her deception and starts working hard to find a place among her clan's enemy, falling in love with Graham in the process. Hmm. So, as I already said, I thought this book was going to be way sexier. Also, I thought it was going to be like, like angstier or like mm-hmm. um more dangerous, I guess, mm-hmm. because they're like sworn blood enemies. But everyone's just like, we're sworn blood enemies, but we have to just live with this because the king said. So everyone's like really nice, except for the mean ladies. But like, he's really respectful of her and nice to her and like doesn't, be- right? doesn't begrudge her at all. <laughs> She's really nice to him and doesn't begrudge him at all and wants to be a real wife to him. Like, his sister becomes her best friend really quickly. His brothers protect her. Neither, I, like, I was like, at least one of the brothers has to be like, this is a terrible idea and like stir up trouble. Nope, they were both like <laughs> great dudes. <laughs> like, and there just wasn't, I, I do like in books when the conflict is outside of the characters. So yeah. the conflict is like, not because they're not men for, right for each other, clearly, but like is more like outside forces. Mm-hmm. So I was a fan of that. Um, but I felt like like not that much happened in the first half of the book. And then I knew she was going to get kidnapped by McHugh. Yeah, of course. And I thought she was going to be kidnapped when he got shot by the arrow. I'm sorry, I'm skipping way ahead, you guys. But I thought she was going to be kidnapped when he got shot by the arrow. Like, because he had called everyone from the keep in. Yeah. And the guy made a point to say, like, even the outside guards. And I was like, oh, this bitch is going to get kidnapped on her walk. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then um, he gets shot and she does not get kidnapped at that point. And then I was like, okay, maybe there's not going to be a kidnapping. And I was like, but she's definitely going to get definitely kidnapped. Definitely going to be a kidnapping. <laughs> and then she gets kidnapped later. And it's I was like. It's like a Highlander book. Was there's like, always a kidnapping. I was like, I Highlander knew book. it. I knew she was getting kidnapped. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, like, not thrilled about the kidnapping part, but, like, in general, it was interesting because after reading it, I was like, this book is was very reasonable um, because of how, you know, how her family was. But it, like, but it also made sense. So it was like, she didn't make angst where there didn't need to be angst yep. to me. Like, the king decreed that they have to get married. So, yes, they hem and hawed, like, ah, oh, I hate this. But yeah. he's like, I'm the... You know, I'm the leader of this clan. I don't want my clan to be slaughtered by the king. Yeah. So it's got to happen. Right. You know? And she was like, I liked it. It made sense to me that she was okay with it because she was like, look, everybody here thinks I'm crazy. So if I can get married, I can start a family. I can do the things that, you know, that I dream about, you know, and I'll have a husband. And he'll protect me from that other dude. So he can never get me. So So it made sense that she was like willing to do it um, or whatever. And it made sense why his clan was. Again, he's like, I don't want my people to get slaughtered. Yeah, I might not like this, but, you know, I have to be better than the average person. And so that to me all made sense. I think it made sense. I wanted, okay, so you know my one of my favorite scenes of the book was early on. So she gets to his keep and he thinks that she's touched. And so he's already resigned himself to an entire lifetime of celibacy and not only with her because he thinks he doesn't want to like take advantage of someone who doesn't understand what's going on. But also he's like, just like, has this mental dialogue and he's like, I have no desire to like have a mistress basically. Like, First n- of all. Not for me. Bridget. 
bullshit. I was like, when I was reading that, well, he talked. I'm fine with that because he talked. I was not fine with it. He talked about how he like didn't really seek out female companionship, anyways, and like waited a long time to lose his virginity. I was fine with it. I that didn't bug me. But my favorite part was that so he installs her into this bedroom. Yeah, and sends his sister up to like meet her and befriend her. And she like barters with him and is like, "You're gonna get someone to teach me to read if I'm gonna go." you know, befriend your en- the sworn enemy wife that you have. And he's like, fine, whatever, I don't care. You can read, learn to read, go up there and be a friend. And he, she finds her dra- trying to drag her incredibly heavy chest out of this room. And she basically communicates to the sister, like, where the fuck is his room? Why am I in this guest bedroom? Yes. <laughs> and, and the sister thinks it's hilarious. So she's like, okay, I'll help you. And so they drag all her stuff into his room. Like, and so the whole, I thought, she was going to then spend the rest of the time like trying to tempt him almost. Like he's trying to be respectful and she's like undressing in front of him. Like, hey, like look at these boobs. Or like she's kissing him. Or like I was like, oh, maybe like it's going to take her a while for him to catch on. And then, but that didn't happen. Well, so like. That's what I was hoping for though. Because I I thought that scene was really funny. I a little bit am with you on that. So one, I liked the scene in the beginning where uh, well, first off, I really liked her family and like how they set up her family and how they set up his family yep. and the dynamics between the families. Yep. Um, but I really liked the moment where so Graham gets to her to her lands and you know mm-hmm. and is with her family and mm-hmm. he hasn't met her yet. Um, and he all he knows is that everybody says she's touched, she's daft, you know, basically mm-hmm. she's not right in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he sees her and he's like, damn. Damn. He was like, she is not a little girl. He was expecting like a little, like yeah. a teenager or somebody yeah. really young. He's like, and he goes, that's a woman full grown. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. And then she like shows up in his room mm-hmm. and is like touching his mouth and trying to get him to talk. And yeah. he's just like, she doesn't seem dad. Like, she doesn't <laughs> seem like that to me. Yeah. She's so beautiful. And he sees her at the wedding and he's like, you're so beautiful. And the mom's like, she like smiles at him and the mom's like, what is going on here? (laughs) And I wish I kind of like, to your point a bit, I wanted, I would have liked some of their conflict to be like, he thought, okay, I can't touch her. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So I actually thought it would have been cool if he tried to have a mistress or someone on the side and she nipped that. Like, I would have liked to see that kind of dynamic mm-hmm. in their thing. She's like, no, 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 I'm here. She's like, nah, I'm your wife. I'm you your wife. come in my yeah. bed. Or he had a, he had a woman already. Previously. previously. Like Kristen, the girl who plays the right, bad. Right, right. I, I wanted her to have more to her character. So it would have made sense to me if she was already his mistress actively. And then, so when she gets back to the keep. Right. You she know, gets put aside. She gets... Yeah, she gets either put aside or he thinks he's going back to Kristen. Or at least she had, like, a brother who got killed by the Armstrongs or something. Something. But, you know, again, she was a very one-dimensional villain. Um, But I want—she could have very well been a vehicle for some real good interactions. And it would have been cool to see um, Evelyn get between that. You know, he goes back. He's thinking, oh, I'm going to resume with my mistress or even catch him in the bed with the mistress or something's about to go down. And she walks in and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like that would have been kind of yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, because I didn't think there, there, there was, I did like that a lot of their, that they, that they were building their relationship and a lot of the conflict was outside. Mm-hmm. But I could have seen a hair's more conflict. Oh, yeah. They were like so compatible and so nice to each other and yeah. so in love so quickly. And like, 
I mean, he finds out pretty, she decides pretty quickly that she's not going to keep up the pretense that she's daft. So she yeah. tells the sister pretty much right away that she actually is intelligent but can't hear. Yeah. And then he finds out right away. And then he and his brothers, like, tell everyone else so that everyone there now knows. Um, and I like the scene where she was like, the Chris, Kirsten or Kristen or whatever her name was and all the other uh, women are like calling her a bitch and because she's an Armstrong and they are like sworn at it. So that made yeah. sense to me at the beginning that they're so mean to her. Um, especially since they thought she was like daft and didn't understand so they could get away with it. Yeah. And then when she like pulls the sword, she starts screaming out at them and like <laughs> chasing them with this big broadsword. I was like, that is so amazing. Good for you, girl. You chase those bitches out. I just love that she like found her voice. Yeah. I didn't like that so the scene pretty quickly after that, um, she is with, again, with Rory, his sister, and they go to the women who are, like, doing the washing, and they're like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be touched. And she's like, no, I'm just deaf. I can read your lips and, like, talk, but I don't, you know, can't control my volume yet. But And they're like, well, why wouldn't you talk at your own house? And she said, oh, I was afraid. And they're like, why are you talking here? And she's like, I'm not afraid here. And I thought that was, like, a really powerful moment for her and them. And I wanted that to kind of be the end of the, like, most of the pettiness. Maybe there's some minor pettiness after that. But, like, I wanted that to be, like, the women recognize another woman. Because this is, like, fucking Highlander. So, like, all these women have been abused or have relatives who've been abused. And so I wanted them to recognize, like, oh, like, she might be an Armstrong and a lady, but, like, she needed Graham, she needs Graham and she respects that he's keeping her safe from another man and like this fate that could have befallen her or any of us. But then right after that, Nora like spends the next week or whatever of the book, like essentially torturing her with incredibly heavy manual labor. Yeah. And I was like, but you just had that moment of accord and it felt like a step back for me. And I didn't, I mean, I was happy Nora eventually apologized and stuff, but I didn't love that. Like, I feel like those shouldn't have been two separate instances. It should have been like one. Like, so maybe she should have not shouted the out, out until later after they took advantage of her or something. Um, But also he kicks them out of the keep entirely. He does. they couldn't have done that scene afterwards because they wouldn't even have been allowed in. Well, he kicks Kristen and the other chicks out. So it's like a second group of women who do it after he's already kicked out the first group to the fields. <laughs> and I'm like, these people the in the f- fucking keep do not want to go work in the fields. No. They want to keep their nice keep mm-hmm. positions. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense to me that like after he had already kicked out the first group that he that sh- they would risk it again. Yeah. And something so obvious. I mean, they were having her, like, carry logs, which is, like, the men were supposed to be doing. And they were having her, like, scrub the whole keep floor and do all the yeah. cooking and all this other stuff. Um, I did like that it showed a lot about her character and, like, her strength and yeah. her her desire to, like, be of service to them and, like, fit in and show that she was worth it and that they should take, take a chance on her. Yeah. I did think— but, like, she didn't have her accident so young that she wouldn't know what her mom's role was. See, and that's that was the thing. I I was like, 
she they talk about how she saw her mom and saw what her mom's role was and what mm-hmm. she did. And so to me, I was like, you would have known that some of this stuff is not what you're supposed to do. And I'm sure at your keep, the men bring in the logs and do that sort of thing. She, yeah. Like, she, so it, the, yeah, the only way they described it was like, she said something like, oh, for the last three years, I've been outside and haven't been paying attention. But like, but she I'm wasn't like, born yesterday. Like, you were 15 when you got injured or yeah. 14 or whatever. I'm like, what were you doing the first 14 years? Your mom would have been raising you to raise. She would have been training you to, like, they to were doing needlepoint. Like, they were doing needlepoint. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, oh, my mom would be so ashamed of my hands. They're working women's hands. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like giving you a clue. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Eileen. Come on. Yeah, I did think that that was not quite, like, I was like, mm. I would- And also, they did a thing in the book where, I mean, I don't know how it was in yours, but in the audio, where sentences would pick up mid-sentence because that's when she would be turning to see Mm -hmm. someone talking. But the thing that I know about lip reading, and don't ask me, I've gone down these rabbit holes, but um, is that lip reading is not 100%, Mm -mm. right? You're catching some words people are saying and you're inferring the rest. Mm -hmm. So the fact that when she's, that when characters are talking to her, that you get to hear everything they're saying, to me, isn't quite realistic Mm. to somebody who's lip reading. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I did like that they had started sentences midway because it showed that, okay. But then it told me that everything they were saying she was hearing. That was how Mm -hmm. I, but then I'm like, there's no way. There's Mm -hmm. just words that you can't tell what people are saying because they look too similar to other words. Yeah. So I was a little bit like, eh, it's like a little technicality thing, but it didn't really, it didn't like kill the book for me. Yeah, I think that might've been, well, I hear what you're saying. I totally agree. I think in audio, that might have been easy to convey. I think it would have been hard, like visually, I feel like that would have been very distracting. And I also feel like it would have been harder as like the audience to like, because we're not supposed to be lost, if that makes sense. So I like that would have been a really tricky thing for the author to convey enough that we're not lost and she's not lost but also keep us informed about what they're really saying. But if that makes sense. I mean, when the author is talking from somebody else's viewpoint, yeah, I could see that. There's points where she is definitely, we are through the eyes of Evelyn. Yeah, like when so, they're at the dinner table and she's yeah. like, I'm lost. I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, it could have very well been that you heard a conversation that was like, ah, uh, 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 yeah. whatever it was. And then she, we're lost and so is Evelyn. She doesn't know what's happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we find out when she finds out because there are moments in the book where we find out when she finds out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we, sometimes they gave it to us and sometimes they didn't. And so that was the only thing where I was like, I'm perfectly happy to find out things when she finds out if we're looking through her lens. Like yeah. that's an interesting thing to have in a book. I don't, I don't know too many books that have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many books I've read with a deaf character. And I really like that she didn't get her hearing back. Yeah, I saw one review is like, I DNF'd at 30% because I know she's just going to have magical sex to get her hearing back. <laughs> I wanted to comment back and be like, actually, she's still deaf at the end. She did have some good sex. She did still have deaf. some good sex. Still deaf, though. Um, yeah, I'm very happy that she didn't magically get her hearing back and they weren't like, oh, we have this herb and now you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like when when Graham finds out, he's like, oh, you're not deaf, you're just deaf. Well, then, 
we go fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite quote. I'll tell you guys what it is. When he pulled away, she was breathless and her lips were swollen. You'll be my wife, Evelyn. Make no mistake about that. Our marriage will most certainly be consummated. And I was like, ooh, ooh, they gonna fuck. Oof. Ooh, ooh, they gonna fuck. <laughs> it's time to go to pa he played with them titties. He played. Oh my God, Shawty, I wrote that. That's my next note. Playing and sucking on those titties. I knew you liked that. They talked about it so many times in this book. He was licking them and sucking them and grabbing them. And I was like, Shawty's going to be in heaven. Titties are my thing. Like, I play with my titties. Like, and and the thing is, I always find like in porn and everything else, they skip the titties. They do. Why do they skip the titties? It's like it's like a, a some script that some poor like maybe Ron Jeremy. I feel like he wrote this script. It's like they they do whatever scenario they're gonna do. Mm, sexy, sexy, sexy. Kiss for one second. They kiss for Blow one second. For forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's kiss for one second. Maybe land one tiny peck on on the top of the titties. Or whatever. Uh-huh. No, no nipple in the mouth stuff. Just a kiss uh-huh. on top of the titties, uh-huh. and then her head is down between his yeah. legs faster. And then blowjob for forty five minutes. Then she gets fucked all to hell, and he busting that all over her. And that's it. None of that does anything for me. I yeah. like yeah. suck on them titties, suck on them, <laughs> jiggle them. That's so funny. Play I put that note. I was like, Shine's gonna love. <laughs> I. Um, First of all, I thought he was a big marshmallow. He was definitely a McDreamy, not a McSteamy. Absolutely. And he wanted all the intimacy, which I thought was very sweet. But um, I thought this scene was nice because, first of all, it was pretty sexy. And also, I thought it was nice because he knows she's deaf, so she's not going to hear. So he want, like lights all the candles for her. But he mm-hmm. said, I'm going to light more candles. There's nothing I want to... There's nothing I want more than to be able to look upon your beauty and miss nothing in the darkness. And then when the room is sufficiently illuminated, I'm going to play ladies maid and undress you piece by piece until you stand before me without the barrier of clothing. And then he did. Yum. And then she was naked and he was still clothed. And I was like, and then he gave her an orgasm while he was still clothed. And I was like, <laughs> that's my kind of man. That's a gentleman. That's a gentleman. <laughs> He's a gentleman, that's a Bridget. gentleman, Highlander. <laughs> look at you. Look at your manners. Look at you. Look at your man. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> with your intimacy with your trying intimacy. to make her come all over your fingers Look, that's in- a nice man man there's nothing better than a man would come all over his fingers mm-hmm. let me tell you right now yeah oof and then you know I always I always we've had a lot more virgins in this season than we've had in the yeah, history of this podcast historicals really which makes sense um, I thought they did a good job though I thought mm-hmm. the sex was was like very tender and intimate and mm-hmm. like passionate um, and I liked that he described, like, you know, he told her, like, I'm sorry, this is going to hurt you. I don't, I like, there's nothing else I can do. And I liked that they described that afterwards, like, the next day, uh, they just fooled around. Because he's like, I think you're, you'll probably be too sore. Like, I don't want to hurt you again. Like, we have to give your body time to adjust. And then, like, two days later, he's like, I can't wait anymore. And she's like, it's fine. I'm ready for you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm ready for ready. you. Oh, baby. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Oh, <laughs> And he did. He gave it to her. He gave it to her. I thought it was nice. Yeah. I, was like, I thought the scene, I, did you like the scene where um, the priest comes and he's the one who's supposed to be teaching the sister and he like pulls her into his lap, not the priest, obviously Graham, <laughs> yeah. and he knows she's really tired and she falls asleep in his lap by the fire and he just like wanted her to be with him. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. That was very sweet. And then he carries up to the bed and he's like, but I can't let her sleep. I gotta wake her up and kiss <laughs> and lick and lick and do all the shit. <laughs> She's not going back to bed no more. He's like, I'll wake you up so I can put you to bed. Yeah. 
Oh my God. I was thinking about, so we've had many conversations about having like staff and, and houses and stuff, but I was thinking about that in this book because uh, obviously all the women are being really mean to her. So no one's actually helping and like lighting the fire in her room. Yeah. But in a normal scenario, the Lord and lady of this keep would have servants like in and out of their room all the time. doesn't matter. Yeah. They're fucking, they're sleeping, they're doing whatever. They'd be in and out bustling to help them dress, help them clean up, help them set the fires, help yeah. them bring up the water for washing. Um, and I was thinking about it when her sister like just comes in the room in the, in the morning <laughs> and just like doesn't knock or anything. She's just yeah. like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like covered in cum, I'm imagining. And like so, <laughs> naked, so naked as the day she's mm-hmm. born. And uh, I just thought it was, it well, was see, pretty amusing. And they, then her the sister like doesn't turn around or leave. And so she's like, I guess I'm just going to get out of this bed naked. <laughs> so well, in romance novels, it's funny. In modern ones, it's not like this. But in historicals, I find that they don't do a lot of cum management, right? And so they never pee after. Everyone always just goes right to sleep, and I'm like, you're gonna get a okay. UTI. I think so, that in every book, you're gonna get a UTI. It is a cardinal rule of sex. You need to go pee Bridget, after I'm, before you sleep. Bridget, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something. Oh my god, you. you just go right to bed, don't you, Bridget? <laughs> I'm judging you. Bridget, let me tell you, nobody ever told me. Nobody ever told me to pee after sex. Did you get UTIs? In general, I just had to pee after sex. Well, sure, 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 sure. sure. So, but there's plenty of times that I just went straight to bed after sex and I have never gotten a UTI. Really? Ever. Okay, but to be fair, I've never gotten a UTI either. I pretty much always have to pee after sex anyways. Yeah, like. Um, But I also find that like, I can't like fall asleep. There's just like cum. There's so much cum. I First of feel, all, I always feel like I gotta wipe it off. I would have been with you, but I can't be with you no more because if you fuck good enough, if you fuck hard enough, if there's so much mind blowing, your head explodes. You will roll over and be asleep in no, one Shani, second or less. I don't know you what it is about cum. myself. I have had those nights. You know that I have. <laughs> I've had three men in my bed, bang the shadow, come all over, and I still was like. I gotta pee. <laughs> There's something about me that will always no matter. I'll That's be true. drunk off my ass. I'll be high as a kite, and I still never am like. I'm still always like, "Do you have a condom?" And I still always am like, "Where's the bathroom?" <laughs> like, I I don't know what it is about my brain, but I will never. I'll always drink a glass of water. Yeah, I'm just one of those weird people who's like, <laughs> I can't like it. I'll be drunk. Can't remember getting the water, possibly. <laughs> But the next morning I wake up, there's an empty glass of water on my table because I drank it. Or there's a full one because I knew morning Bridget would need a full glass of water. <laughs> like, I, it does not matter. Like, yeah. I will drag myself from that bed. I mean, there yeah. have been times where I'm, like, on the verge of falling asleep, but I will drag myself to pee. Well, it's like, okay, so. Not to shower. Like, yeah. My husband well, always wants to shower. Let's go back. Like, to- we ain't got time for shower. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to pee real fast. I'm going to pee in the dark and go right back to bed. I'm not going to lie. So in general, I don't like joint showers. But sometimes if the if the sex was good enough and I want that intimacy, yeah. I like a joint, like, you wash me, I wash you shower. Yeah, yeah. Well, he afterwards. doesn't want that. He just, like, wants just to wants clean up. He just wants no, to no, clean up. No, no, I like the, like, I like to, like, you know, you know. I like the petting. The he likes, petting I mean, he, and, he's fine if I go in and pet him yeah, and yeah. he pets me. But. You know. but in general, like in some historicals, you hear like the guy goes to the wash base and he yeah, gets yeah, a rag. Yeah. He helps, clean, helps her up. clean her up. But let's really talk about cum management here because <laughs> a lot of these books, you don't ever hear about it. You know that he just busted a nut 
all up in her. Yes. And then they go to bed. Probably a couple because most of the times they're nutting a few times. Exactly. And so she's going to bed, but that cum drips out of you all night. So you got a goose spot underneath you. Like half the time. You got fucking, they're under fucking sheep, not sheep. They're under like bear skin. We all come all up in the bear. All up in the bear skin blanket. (laughs) Like. I, and they don't ever really talk about it. They don't. You don't talk about waking up and you got the dried cum on yeah, your yeah. legs and shit. And they be talking about just dressing and going downstairs to eat. And I'm like, you definitely probably have cum on your titties. Yeah, you cum on your legs. Yeah, you cum on the places. Yeah, you know, like they also. I was surprised because the sister came in the night after they had sex for the first time. Yeah, and I was surprised that she like no, there was nothing about blood on the sheets. Oh, yeah. I just expected there to be like, uh, she, like she was about to get up and notice I, there was blood. Actually, and then, I think they were supposed to hang that out of a window or some shit. They were. They are. Like, I'm, I'm fairly certain. So they had to like prove that they yeah. were. Yeah. Like somebody comes in to check that that shit happened. Either way, though, like I I, I just I just assumed there would be a line about it. Maybe Anyways, there, I agree with you about cum management. I don't, I just, there's just, I know someone who I met at a conference one time. And um, if you guys don't know me already, I'm very chatty and I have no filter. So <laughs> we were talking about cum and she was like, oh, I won't have sex with my husband the day before I'm going to fly. Like, I just don't want to sit there and know there's like cum leaking into my mm-hmm. underwear while I'm on the plane. And I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. But now that you say that, I was like, I always just smell. I always feel like I smell like sex even if I shower the next day, which is probably true. Because there's probably some residual like cum and also just and my, flavor my own cum. Oh, that flavor in your that mouth like, never your goes mouth. away. No. Jesus Christ. You, you got to really eat a whole meal. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do. You have to eat a whole meal. But like for me, it's slightly different. So like, I mean, because I told you I'm a cum slut. I know. So For you, I don't even know. I would have to shower. I think about you. So for me, one, getting a nut busted inside me is like... I love it. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I love the feel of it like dripping. Do you out. like those breeding uh videos? I where they're like, come inside me, make a baby inside so, me. <laughs> yes and no. There's some that are really weird. Like there's the porn, some that are really weird. You know, like like they're forced breeding where like she wouldn't let me pull out. Like like Oh I'm, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. No. Don't try to snatch that cum. No, I'm more like just like cream pie yeah, type yeah, 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 yeah. videos okay. or whatever. Okay. Um, because they get really weird. So I like I would really love to produce porn just so I could make some stuff that was just for you. Yeah. You know, or just for more inclusivity of people, the stuff that, and it's like the same repetitive stuff. Nobody's making anything new or inventive. But um, anyways, so like, but for me, I love the feeling. I love standing up after sex and just like watching it drip out. I'm like, oh, I love that shit. Mm. It's just like, it's like a mark. Mm -hmm. It's like, but because like for me, part of my kink is like ownership. Mm -hmm. So come is just a mark of ownership. Sure. Um, and so I just like that. I'm just mm-hmm. like, wah, you know, but then like, yes, if you, if that happens and then you got to go live your, the rest of your day, you got to put a pad on or something because that shit could be dripping out for a long time, depending mm-hmm. on how, how hard you went, how long you went. <laughs> yeah. And also just like the guy and how much cum he has. Yes. Which I have found every guy has a different amount of jizz. That's very true. Like some of them it's plentiful and some very of them fun. it's just a little, little, yeah. You know, some of it's thick and some of it's watery as fuck. Yeah. Like, all tastes a little different. All, it all tastes a little different. Some taste real musky mm-hmm. and some taste very delicious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, didn't know it could be delicious mm-hmm. or whatever. I thought you just like, you get used to it. But sometimes you'd be like, I yeah. like this. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is- 
That's a salty, salty snack. snack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So anyway, we're off come management. Okay, that's Shani's off her soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. I. Okay, I already told you that I was waiting for her to be kidnapped. That's my next thing. I was just yeah. waiting for her to be kidnapped the whole the whole thing. Because I feel like she said like three times, she'd never have to worry about McHugh again. Never have to never. worry about McHugh again. McHugh was out of her life forever. And I was like, that motherfucker's going to kidnap her. <laughs> She's so, bad. so anyways, I did, I did think, though, that I was wrong when um, he got shot and then she grabs a sword and the guy gets scared off because she shouts at him and then she gets over the fear of horses and gets on the horse, rides to save him, gets thrown off, almost dies herself, gets back on, rides back to save him. And then I did like that she also was just like, fuck all you bitches, all you stay out, get the fuck out. <laughs> Only my husband and his brothers and the father and the, like, the healer, yeah. everyone else, get out. I liked that because I was like, yeah, these bitches, fuck these bitches, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Being I all also- mean to her. <laughs> So I like that. I like that they had that whole moment where it was like, oh, wait, did the people from my clan actually shoot my husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And then she actually told them. Mm-hmm. And then I actually really liked that they were really reasonable about it. They were like, oh, man. That doesn't make any sense, though. They were like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would he come and send somebody in the middle of the day? And why would they have such a remarkable yeah. scabbard? And why? Like, Things aren't adding up. They didn't like, we're going to wait for Graham to wake up and make a decision. Yeah. (laughs) I was was like, that's some younger brother shit. You know what? You know what? We're just going to wait for him to wake up. (laughs) He's the Lord. We're not the Lord. We're not going to do that. Come on. It's going to be him. This is not my pay grade. It's above 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 me now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you CC in someone, you're like, um... Director of this uh, division, can you weigh in on this? Like you're like, I'm not responsible for this yeah. decision. I need somebody else yeah. to be put their neck on the line. But it was this. funny because I just like this book was very reasonable. Things where I thought that they could have, where Maya Banks could have made some weird contrived plot line that you see all the time. Was mm-hmm. Like no, people were generally like, no, let's think this through with you know any sort of logic, yep. and yeah, this makes sense, yep. um, or whatever. I did think that they that. Maybe there could have been a little bit more conflict. Yeah. And I wish there wasn't like a very predictable, I wish there wasn't a very predictable kidnapping um, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Or again, if you're going to let somebody be kidnapped, if the girl's going to get kidnapped, I like if she can free herself. Let her mm-hmm. shine in that moment of the kidnapping mm-hmm. if it's going to happen. But or kidnapping like, or like so leave much. a hint or like. Uh, like really some aid, aid, in the, aid in the in, in the situation, the rescue of right. yourself. You know, leaving strips of shit right. places right. or right. whatever it may be, slowing them down or whatever. yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, like, I also really think that like Graham dropped the ball on that too, because it's like, how did that guy get into his keep? Like, you had well, he three wasn't dudes. there. It was it was because the Kristen he, and the three guys from the watch helped. No, no, I know. But I'm like, you have three dudes on your watch who are like not loyal to you. Oh. And this girl who shouldn't be anywhere near your keep anymore. Like, how, you know, like, and then, you know, and the father, her father already talked to you about keeping her safe, that people would not want to, you know, be nice to her or right, right, right. something might happen to her. And I'm like, I'm I think like, you did. Yeah, I think. I, I, I felt like there was a little he bit of a He should have sat like a dropping. guard with her or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like he should she should have had somebody with her until she was really like acclimated right. to, you know, the their, you know, keep or whatever. Yeah. But again, maybe the Also story like how dumb are you if you're Kirsten and the three guards that you like betrayed everyone and then you like went back to work? Yeah. 
<laughs> also, Kristen didn't hold her secret very long. No, she broke so quick. He, he was like, I see Kristen over there looking shady. Yeah. Let me question yeah, her. Yeah, let me send everyone else home. She could have just been looking shady because yeah. she's a shady you know, lady. I was just kind of like, well, that was easy. I thought that was way too easy. The yeah. brothers were like, what are you doing? And then he's like, bring her to me. And yeah. then she's like, oh, oops, I made a deal with the devil. Whoops. Oops. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> Whoops. And I'm like, and they like killed the three guys, but wouldn't kill her. And I'm yeah. like, but you better string this mofo Everybody, up. everybody need to die. Everybody needs everybody to die. Set an example. Everybody. <laughs> it's a everybody bloodthirsty I'm like, better fucking kneecap that motherfucker. <laughs> Okay, so basically what happens is that the McHugh's, first of all, the son's nuts and he just wants her back so that he can, like, exert revenge because she tricked him into thinking she was daft and they canceled it. And he wanted to, like, torture her for the rest of her life, yeah. basically, because he's a sadist. But also at the same time, he was planning to have the Armstrongs and Montgomery's break the treaty and then have the king come and kill them both so that he could now be, like, ruling the land. And that's actually not a bad plan. Not a bad plan. And... It almost, it almost works because, except for that, Graham's brothers don't want to do anything without asking him first. So the Armstrongs, though, come because they send a letter saying, you know, your daughter's not safe there. And so he brings his whole army. And Graham comes out with just his brothers, doesn't bring the army. And is like, look, I don't care about any of this. Someone took her. We have to go together. I know where she is. Will you come with me? And the dad's like, obviously, like, yeah, of course. So they go. Storm the keep. That woman in the cloak, I was like, she's gonna be she's gonna be love interest. Yeah. She's, she's like, like she's like, check the dungeon, book. she's in a cool cloak. And I was like, yeah. she's gonna be the next love interest. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I was right. You are right. And then uh they went in the dungeon and almost didn't find her because there's a secret room in the dungeon. <laughs> but then they found her. And I thought it was nice because she's like unconscious. But I was happy that she didn't get raped, though. Yeah, that was nice. He, like, punched her in the face or slapped her a few times. She had bruises on her face and stuff. And he tried to kiss her, and she bit his tongue till it bled, which I was happy about. Um, I think it was a little weird that he didn't rape her because it feels like he would have just raped her right yeah. away. But maybe he's a sadist. I imagined he was kind of like the guy from Game of Thrones, um, the one who raped Sansa. Oh, yeah. That's what I imagined he was. That was who I was imagining as I was reading. That's, a good, was that's like, actually a good reference. And then yeah. I was thinking, okay, but he's such a sadist that he would want her terror, you know? So he would yeah. want to, like, wait it out and, like, e- eke it out in small increments so that she was desperately afraid before. Uh, but anyways, he found her. And then and then the first thing she says was, I knew you'd come. I actually thought that was kind of a nice moment that – she was like afraid because he's clearly nuts, but she wasn't hopeless. Yeah. Like she wasn't like, oh my God, I'm in this dungeon in this dark room. No one's ever going to find me. She was like, Graham's going to come get me. Like, like you fucked this all up, <laughs> which I thought was kind of nice. You know, uh, just, just on a side note. Yeah. So the, the guy from Game of Thrones uh, who raped Sansa. Yeah. He's like my favorite character in Misfits. The British like yeah. superheroes show, and it was so hard to watch him be that character. Just, just like he's a great note. actor because he he played that love interest in Misfits so well, where he's like looping through time, even though he knows the girl he loves is gonna die every time. He keeps like looping through time, and I loved him so much. And he was also so built, and he was such a nerd, and but he had a body, he had a body on him. And then when he played this character in Game of Thrones, I was like, why? Why? I don't yeah. like it. Anyway, yeah. okay, 
Yeah. That's the struggle when you are a really good actor is that you are so convincing. Because, I mean, like, he made my skin crawl every time we saw him. I was like, what is this? What is he going to do now? What a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> so creepy. So creepy. He got his, though. He did. I did want Sansa to tell the dogs to eat, though, at the end. That's just my personal soapbox about that. And yeah. I wanted her to stand there because he would always say eat, you know? Yeah. I wanted her to stand there and then say eat. And the dogs were going to obey her. And I was going to be like, boop, 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 boop. But she didn't say anything. She's just like, I starved them, so they're hungry. And I was like, aw. <laughs> I wanted you to just be like they're hungry eat eat and then just be like deuces just walk away <laughs> actually just stand there and like watch him get eaten that's what I would do double tap I want to yep. see you dead I want to <laughs> make sure you're really dead yep um, speaking of dead mm-hmm. Graham just kills little homeboy McHugh McHugh yeah but leaves the dad there and then she wakes up and she's like Motherfucker, what? His dad was there. He knew all about yeah. it. And they were like, oh, we're going back. And then her dad goes back. Yeah. And kills him. Yeah. I was like, oh, we ended. This was a double murder. Double or, murder. Or double execution. Double. <laughs> Got him. Well, they had to go back because the, the other brother had to meet the. Yeah. Had to meet the next lady. Yeah. I read the description of that book, though, and I'm not going to be reading that book because she has been cap- kept captive for like a year and like repeatedly raped and all this other stuff. And it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, like, I honestly am happy that she finds love. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I read these books to be happy and escape. And that is a really dark thing for me to be like, oh, look, she had multiple orgasms. I'm going to be like, no, she, what? On the first day? Mm. Mm. No therapy? Mm. <laughs> no, no therapy. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> and I honestly have not been kidnapped and tortured for a year. So maybe it is possible. Who knows? But uh, I think I would have uh, real trouble with that book. So it, I do yeah, not think it will be reading. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I actually think that I have read that book. I read this book. Didn't remember shit about it. Um, <laughs> but once I started reading it, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I remember the cover and I knew that I had read it. But when I was reading it again, it was almost like brand new to me. Um, and when I saw the girl, I was like, oh, yeah, she has a book. And I'm pretty sure I read it. Because normally when there's a series, I just eat them all up or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, me too. But yeah, I'm not down to read again. Uh, in general, I I would like to not read any more books about sexual assault. Like just yeah. in general, about my character. Like, there's so many other things in the world. There's so many other fucked up shit that can happen to you. You want just find another fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's always like the worst thing that can happen to a woman. You know? Yeah. Why can't she like, just get fired? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my job. I lost everything. Why can't like her brother just be an asshole who doesn't treat her right? Yeah. Why can't, you know, I just she have a devastating injury while playing soccer in a recreational league? Yeah. Well, that's and what, now she has to recover from it. That's and then why she I meets her this, body with a body. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of why I like this. It's like she had this injury yep. that she got riding yep. her horse or whatever. Like, I kind of like that that thread yeah. that they were going with. And also it allowed for a character who had a disability, mm-hmm. you know, in a story and then navigating that mm-hmm. as part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting to me, Yeah, you know, but did you know, did you read the afterward? Afterward? I don't know. Forward? Afterward? After? After it, notes? I mean, author note? I don't think so. If, uh, I don't so think her the husband, audience. the reason she wrote this book is her husband is deaf. Oh, okay. And reads lips. And no one knew for a really long time when he was younger. He used to sit, like, really far close up in class. Uh And so he could, like, really focus on the teacher. 
And it was a, like a long time before people either like figured it out or he told people or he knew. Um, so that's why she wrote this That's a really crazy thing not to know about your child. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it didn't say in the note, like if he had had it happen from an accident. So it wasn't always that way. And maybe it was like partial when he was really little and, and then, then over got time worse or something. Yeah, that can make um, sense. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine like if I dropped a pan and my kid didn't turn around, I wouldn't notice that. Yeah. But because uh, both my kids are, very sensitive to sound and will like start crying if loud bangs <laughs> in our house. A helicopter flew by. It was pretty low. Yeah. Because there's all these helicopters by my house. And Kira, we were out walking, walking Molly. And Kira was like, I don't know, maybe two houses down from me running. And she started screaming and ran back because it was like so loud. It freaked her out. She like saw it coming too. Yeah. But it was so loud. She was like, it's so loud. What was the helicopter? And I was like, oh, you poor little sensitive baby. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. I might have a snack because my stomach just growled. (laughs) And then uh, we're going to go back and let you know our ratings. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Bridget. Now, I need to know, how did you feel about Eveline? I really liked her. Okay? She was strong, resilient. She was hopeful. I liked that she was very hopeful and optimistic and, like, always trying to prove herself. And she really loved Graham and protected him, believed in him. I thought she was a little naive, but I thought it was fine. I liked her. Four stars. I liked her. I agree. I agree. I felt like she got there. She was like, you know what? I want to make the best of this. I want a husband. I want to fuck him. And I want my people to like me. Yeah. So I'm going to try. Yeah. I do agree. She was naive. There's moments where I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, when she's like, oh, I started scrubbing the floor and noticed everybody else disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everybody they disappeared, disappeared like five times because <laughs> you're doing their work for them. <laughs> like, what do you think? You know, um, so I did think that, but solid. I felt like it's solid. Yeah. You know. How about uh, Graham? Uh, Graham, I I enjoyed Graham. I gave uh, Graham a four. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like he was a stand-up guy for her. I felt like he tried to give her, like, a little bit of, like, freedom to let her find her way. Mm -hmm. You know, and Rory was like, let her find her way. And he was like, okay, I'm going to step back. But then when he needed to step in, he was like, this shit's got to stop. This was about to happen, and y'all need to go because y'all not making my wife comfortable here, which I think every— Every uh, partner should do for their other significant yep. other. Yep. If there are people making your partner uncomfortable, disappear them. Yep. Um, so I really like that about Graham. And so I su- I supported Graham. So four stars. What do you think? So he was a big, strong, strapping marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said. He was patient, kind. I like that he was kind to her from the jump before he knew that she wasn't. So, like, it wasn't something where he was... Like begrudging her at the beginning or yeah. making her feel bad or talking behind her back, like, oh, well, whatever. She's never going to be a real wife. Like, he was always like, no, she's my wife. Like, you need to respect her and speak kindly towards her, even yeah. if she can't understand you. So I liked that about him. I thought he was great. I thought he was a McDreamy in a kilt. Yes. Um, I gave him four, I gave him four stars. Weirdly enough, Shawnee, I, I gave this book three stars, though. Even though I gave them both four, yeah. the book for me was just like, I like, you know, on our scale of 
mm-hmm. of, of our five stars, because we don't do half stars, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one would be like, hated it, or Deanna, you know, did not finish it, except mm-hmm. for that I always have to finish with the podcast. Two is like, I did not like this book. Three mm-hmm. is like, I like it. Yeah. Four is like, I really like it. And five is, I love this book. I'll ride or die for this book. I just, I mean, I like I, li- I like this book. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really like it. I like it. And so even though I thought as characters they were good, I didn't think the story itself, start to finish, uh, was enough for a four or five for me. I agree. For me, I was like, solid read. Yeah. Solid. You know? hit, it, I mean, it hit what I wanted it to hit. Yeah. This is the kind of book, like, if I, if I picked it up for the weekend, I would have gotten what I wanted out of it yeah. on by Monday. Yeah. Um, it didn't, I wasn't, like, laughing out loud or, like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't tell somebody, you have to read this book. Nope. But I would say, like, if you did, you, you, you'd probably enjoy the it. time. Yeah. yeah. If you like Highlanders, you'd probably enjoy it. <gasps> I did see a few reviews that I thought, I did not choose them, but I thought it was pretty funny that they were like, I wanted more bodice ripping. Um, actually, that's the review I chose. I just <laughs> said I didn't choose. Okay. them Highlanders. <laughs> I'm going to tell you my favorite review. Uh, so Catherine rated it four stars. And she said, I found this story overly sweet for what I was looking for. And I was like, Yes. Um, so the Montgomery's and Armstrongs are supposed to be in a blood feud that would rival the Montagues and Capulets, but it felt a little flat. And she also said, while I appreciate the personality traits that led to a softer touch, it wasn't for me. I wanted a Scottish Highlander bodice ripper, damn it. I wanted sexual tension so thick you could cut it with a knife and characters that slowly but somehow reluctantly saw the best in the other partner. Instead, I got hearts in the eyes from minute one. And I found that this approach didn't leave the characters much room to grow or for the story to build. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like uh, I agree. is very fair. Which I feel like if they had have turned Kristen into a different type of, of I guess, the villain. But mm-hmm. it's not even, I felt like they could have made her a villain without actually making her a one-dimensional villain. Like if she was Graham's go-to girl, you know, yeah. already when she came in and now that whole dynamic had to shift. And then you're living in the keep with your dude's mistress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Navigating that. Now that's some conflict. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, or even if one of the brothers hadn't liked her mm-hmm. and was like very hard to woo over and that was causing a lot of tension or mm-hmm. so- something. Something. But like I wasn't mad at the hearts in the eyes from the get-go. Um, because as we all know, you can love somebody and if their family's not on board, it could tear every bit of that love apart. Yep. So I felt like the family could have really been a strain on that. The family, the people in the keep, the, all that stuff. I just felt it could have been used, uh, utilized better and a little bit more. Eh, you know. So my rating comes from Anne. She rated it 3.5 stars. Um, I don't agree with the 0.5, yeah. but I do agree with, with her rating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do agree with her review, which is, ah, this was just so freaking sweet. It wasn't perfect. It's not going down as one of my favorites, and I didn't fall in love with the characters. But I have zero complaints. None. The guy wasn't a douchebag who did creepy sex things to claim her. The girl wasn't pathetic or helpless, and her family wasn't a bunch of assholes who abused her. So, fucking nice. I almost chose that exact review. Did you? I did. I almost chose that exact one. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Shani, did you have a favorite line? I already said a few while we were talking, but... Do you have a favorite line of the book? I did. Uh, so one, I liked Rory a lot in the story. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was a little instigator and also somebody who was like, you know, really kind of rooting for Evelyn. So mm-hmm. um, Rory says, 
the women are wagering whether or not you'll be brave enough to show your face outside of your chamber. And I was like, oh, um, okay. Get, like, get, you about to get her riled up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which yeah, I like. She was doing that all the time. I liked that about yeah. her. I like that about her. Um, I just, I picked only the first part of the quote. The whole thing is kind of cool too. Um, and then my other quote was, uh, my love for her is stronger than my hatred for you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you he know? says that to her dad. He, You see him make choices all along the way where he's like, I want to do this, but I won't because if I do this, my wife will be really hurt by this thing, you know? And I'm like, very mature mm-hmm. of you, sir. I like it. <laughs> yeah, even like opens up their lands later and says mm-hmm. like, you can come anytime you want to see the grandkids and see Evelyn. And- yeah. Yeah. So then I was just like, oh, this is so cute. We gonna be best. I thought it was funny at the end too when the the brothers who, there's two brothers on either side and have hated each other their whole lives, raised to hate each other. That's the other thing. Like clearly all these people were raised to hate each other. Yeah. Uh, which just goes to show you that you need to be careful what you're raising your children to hate because you don't want them to hate other people. Exactly. But uh, the two brothers on each side are now arguing not like, oh, I hate you, but like, no, I want to kill him. No, I want to kill him. No, I should be the one who's allowed to kill him. <laughs> like As they're leaving, they're all arguing over who gets to kill the other McHughes who knew about uh, her being kidnapped. I did like also the his little I love you scene at the end. <gasps> that was very sweet. It was very sweet. Very sweet. And like... And that then, and it's funny because in my mind I'm like he had to be yelling so loud and and making so much vibration. At first I thought, and this was not what happened, but at first I thought so. Okay, so he brings her into the room and has her close her eyes, and then he screams in her face that he loves her so that she can feel the vibrations because she says to her mom something like, "Oh, I'm just sad that because I'm deaf I'll never hear him say I love you," and. I thought, because she closed her eyes, that he had coordinated with everyone in the keep and they all yelled together. Yeah. I love you. So that she could feel it. And I was like, oh my God, he enlisted his enemies to help him say I love you to their daughter. And I was like, that is cute as well. And then it turned out to just be him. And I was like, all right, well, she said she could hear his low voice, so whatever. (laughs) But I thought it was going to be the whole keep screaming at her. And then she screams back at him. Um I love Which you. Which I thought was yeah. nice. I, I thought it was super cute. But in the end, it's funny because, you know, I deal with sound on a daily basis. And um, low end is usually what uh, people who are deaf can hear um, low end. That's how they um, are able to dance and, you mm-hmm. know, do other things. Um, and the thing was, for me, I was like, he actually really didn't need to yell in her face. All he needed to do was lower his voice. Lower his voice and like get closer. <laughs> and get and close let, to like her. maybe put her hand on his chest or yes, something. Or on his neck or on his throat yeah. or whatever to get the effect. And just be like, that, I love you. I love you. I love you. This is why I don't narrate men's voices. I love you. That's so sexy. And said he was like, that low end of your voice over there. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you and, you sound a little daft, and, a little touched. I do sound a little touched because I like feel like my accent gets weird when I talk that low. Oh, no. <laughs> I love you. I don't know. I have to keep it up in my head. Your you lips know? are doing some I funny love things. You. <laughs> I love you. Oh man, well, I love we, you, girl. We love you. We love you, dear, dear listeners. You are our romance besties, and you come <laughs> on some crazy rides with us. 
We hope that you enjoyed our first episode recording together since February. Yes. We do not apologize for the tangents. We are having the most fun being back together <laughs> and sharing fun. energy. And I hope you could tell that this episode, even though we filmed it quite late, mm-hmm. like we did some of the other mm-hmm. episodes, has a lot more energy and a lot more fun. So expect lots and lots of good things Absolutely. coming at you this fall. And if this episode is long, trust me, it was longer. And all of the extra tangents are on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, come be a patron. Come play with us. I post all of our extra bits and a lot of nasty bits over there. Stuff that stuff that I'm like, well, that that was not that, safe for public that consumption. Was, that was, that was, not, that was a little, we went too far. Too we far. Went too far. Too far. Ran over the line. <laughs> you see where our line is. So if we went too. I far. saw where it is and I ran past it. <laughs> it's always me. Oh, there it is. I'll run right past it. Bridget, the line. <laughs> oh all right, God. all right, all right. Oh, this and. If you've listened this long, hey, and Evie Dunmore is going to be on. Oh, yeah. Our interview is coming up soon. Our interview with Evie Dunmore is coming up. And let me tell you, we love Evie Dunmore. One of the best interviews, I'd have to say. Love her. I love her. I love her. Smoke show. And she's a smoke show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, (laughs) friends. look at her and fall in love. But, like, she was amazing. She had a lot of great things to say. Until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. My hand and Bridget, baby. Yeah. My hand and Bridget, baby. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.